Welcome to the awesome pod makes you are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, "When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema." Today I'll be talking about Marvel Studios' What If Season 2 Episode 8. To quote Guillermo del Toro, animation is cinema. This episode's title is What If Avengers Assembled in 1602. The episode is written by A.C. Bradley and Ryan Little and it is directed by Brian Andrews. The episode begins at London Globe Theatre as Loki recites lines from Hamlet's Act 3, Scene 1. To be or not to be, that is the question. The text appears, 1602. Someone heckles Loki and his response is excuse me acting thank you it's my favorite loki line from this episode thor is bored and he replies that is not acting thor checks with hela the queen if they can throw cabbages at loki hela wields a scepter that houses the green time stone hela's advisors are sir hogan and sir fury Tony once mocked Thor in Avengers saying, "Shakespeare in the park doth mother know you weareth her drapes." A rift opens in the sky. Loki goes flying into the rift. Sir Fury tells Captain Carter that now is the time. She lassoes Loki's foot and pulls him down. She then jumps and catches him midair and lands on the ground safely. Loki flirts with Peggy saying, "So nice of me to drop in." I'm surprised she didn't make a punchable face comment. Hela gets pulled toward the rift. Captain Carter extends her hand and tries her best to save Hela. Hela's grip over Captain Carter's hand loosens, the scepter falls and the rift closes. Thor mourns the loss of his sister. Sir Hogan announces Thor as the new king. Captain Carter apologizes to Thor for failing. Thor thinks she is cursed and orders his guards to seize her. Peggy borrows Loki's Yorick and uses it to fight off the guards. Loki yelps, "Poor Yorick!" Thor wants Captain Carter alive, but she escapes. Thor orders Sir Hogan to summon the witch. The watcher narrates, "It has all the markings of a Shakespearean tragedy: a king marred by loss, a soldier on the run, a world on the brink of oblivion." The year is 1602. The watcher explains how Peggy Carter was brought here by the Scarlet Witch Wanda Maximoff to save their reality. Peggy is now alone on the run with no way home. No way home was also the last live-action Spider-Man film. Peggy reveals that she can hear the watcher. The watcher reacts surprised. He reminds her that neither does she belong here nor does she understand the battle she is fighting. Peggy explains that two time periods are compressed together like two pieces of gum and she needs to find a way to unstick it. The watcher offers to take Peggy back to her universe. Peggy refuses to leave. In Thor's coat, Sir Hogan mentions the list of things that have been sucked into the rift: Nebula's observatory, Isle of Ego, and Groot's groves known for their wines. All of them are characters from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Speaking to Thor, Scarlet Witch informs that she believes Captain Carter is the key to their survival. A lost traveler, a forerunner has fallen through time but is unaware. 
Scarlet Witch doesn't know how to find them. Sir Fury whispers to Captain Carter hiding behind him that this is her mission. When Thor checks with Sir Fury as to whom is he speaking with, he responds, Just a pretty bird. Cut to a wide shot of the barn as Tony Stark snores and we hear the sound of a rooster. Pretty bird transition. Peggy splashes water over Tony's face. You can see Iron Man's Mark I helmet on the side and Mjolnir in the background. Peggy makes Tony observe the particles on the Yorick. She suspects it's radioactive. Tony reveals he loves Captain Carter's made-up words. When Tony requests for more, Peggy says flux capacitor. A flux capacitor is a fictional piece of technology that allows time travel in the movie Back to the Future. Peggy reveals she is searching for the Forerunner and suspects the Forerunner would share the same energy as the Rips. Tony has a theory, but in reality, the magic needed to power such a device. Peggy says, no arc reactors in 1602. The one thing that could propel a thousand ships is the scepter. Peggy would require a thief to steal it for her. When Peggy asks who Tony has in mind, the scene cuts to a wide shot of Loki's carriage passing through the forest. Loki talks about a new play Will has written and it's about a character named Iago. Tom Hiddleston played the role of Cassio in an adaptation of Othello which made Kenneth Branagh cast him as Loki. Loki's carriage is robbed by Roger Hood which is a spin on Robin Hood. Roger Hood includes Steve Rogers, Bucky Barnes and Scott Lang. I would love to see this trio in live action as well. Scott Lang is more interested in the cakes and the pies than the treasure. Peggy joins them and checks if they have whiskey but she'll make do with champagne. Steve reacts shocked. He can't believe his eyes. Peggy died many moons ago. Peggy is surprised to learn that she's dead in this world. Loki takes advantage of the situation and asks his carriage driver to escape as Steve and Peggy are lost in each other's eyes. Peggy saves Steve Rogers from being run over by the carriage. Peggy wants to talk to Steve Rogers. At the secretary house, Peggy reveals she wants Steve to steal the scepter. When Steve questions Peggy about the existence of Steve in her universe, she responds with a yes. Steve requests Peggy to elaborate on what he's like. Peggy says, no, I don't think I will. It's the same response old Steve gives toward the end of Avengers Endgame. I had always wondered what if a Steve and Peggy from two different universes infused with super soldier serum met one day. I didn't know it would happen in What If Season 2 itself. Steve agrees to help Peggy because his Peggy would want to save this world as well. Sir Hogan arrives with an army of royal yellow jackets. I love to watch Steve and Peggy fight side by side. Bucky Barnes makes Sir Happy Hogan mad and he uses the destroyer from the first Thor movie. Peggy wants Steve to retreat and go find Stark. She'll deal with Hogan. We see Scott making Happy's life miserable. Happy is very touchy about his feather. Peggy tries to reason with Hogan revealing that in another world, she, Hogan and Stark are friends. Hogan is not happy with what he heard. Peggy is arrested. The Executioner looks an awful lot like the Red Skull. The Watcher arrives at the prison and checks if Peggy is ready to go home. There's still a chance she can save this universe if she can locate the Forerunner. 
the watcher is unable to see the future events of a universe when it's closer to extinction. All arguments of the watcher are pessimistic. What if Peggy's actions don't fix anything and do more harm than good? What if Peggy gets trapped here forever? What if Peggy dies? Peggy says, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? I have to try. The watcher says, because you're human. Peggy responds, because I am Captain Carter. Peggy breaks the chains and frees herself from captivity. She escapes the prison. The prison guards fight her, but she manages to knock them out. She walks up to one of the prison doors and talks to the monster in the iron mask. This is the same person Steve told her about. She wants his help, but he doesn't want any trouble. The monster in the mask gave Victor Von Doom vibes, but then I heard Mark Ruffalo's voice and realized it's Bruce Banner. Peggy baits the prison guards to shoot at Bruce's prison door. Bruce transforms into the Hulk. He breaks the prison door and yells, Hulk want peace! Peggy climbs on Hulk's back and he races to destroy the prison guards. Hulk breaks the prison walls and they head to Tony Stark's. Tony showcases his invention. It'll not just reveal the forerunner but send them back to where they came from along with the prize stone. Right on cue, Steve Rogers walks in. He even brought Peggy's shield from the guards. They hatch a plan to attend Thor's court in disguise. At the court, Loki is still talking about Iago and how he's a clever man and a military man. Scott Lang and Bucky Barnes are disguised as trumpet men. The rift opens again. Wanda tries to contain it. Steve checks with Peggy what's the signal. In comes Hulk yelling. Signal! 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 Peggy, Steve, Bucky and Scott fight the guards to get to the scepter. Thor asks Loki to join the fight. He checks with him where's the hammer he got him. Loki informs he misplaced the hammer. Tony makes his way to the scepter holding his device. He tells Hulk to be careful as they are on the same team. Rogers tells Hulk not to smash Stark. Hulk says, Crash! Smash! Dash your puny gods! It's a reference to Hulk's line for Loki from the first Avengers movie. Steve and Sir Hogan have a duel. When Steve slices the feather on Sir Hogan's hat, Happy turns into the freak. They have such double standards for putting Bruce behind the bars for being the Hulk, but not Sir Hogan for being the freak. Peggy tries to reason with Thor and requests him to trust her and hand over the scepter. Thor asks for his all-father sword. It's made of vibranium and it was a coronation gift from the king of Wakanda. Peggy calls Steve for help but he has his own freak trouble. Thor says, All-father, give me strength. Peggy has had enough with Thor. Peggy says, Oh, give me a break. You're more of a drama queen than your brother. I love this drama queen line and the dialogue that follows. Loki scoffs and says, Bless. Hulk comes to Steve's aid. Everyone who complained they didn't get to see a fight between Hulk and Thanos in Endgame should see the fight between Hulk and the Freak. And don't give me that is live action and this is animation. This is just as cinematic. Bucky fights the executioner Red Skull and Steve saves Bucky. That was very Captain America the First Avenger vibes. Scott saves Tony from the guards so he can get to the scepter. Sir Hogan says, Never take your eye off your opponent, Banner. 
It's a reference to Happy's line from Iron Man 2 when he was showing Natasha how to fight in the boxing ring. Wanda stops Thor from fighting Peggy and requests Sir Fury to get to the scepter and bring it to Tony. Tony extracts the time stone and places it in his device. It doesn't work. Tony tries to pull the lever and tells Peggy to use the gauntlet. The blast from the gauntlet freezes the heroes for a moment and they realize Steve is the forerunner. In the flashback we see while fighting Thanos on the battlefield in Wakanda, Steve slides the time stone with his shield. This caused the reality to split and sent the heroes here. Peggy is hesitant to send Steve back because she doesn't want to lose him again. Loki walks up to a fallen Wanda and comforts her. Steve holds Peggy's hand sporting the gauntlet. Peggy says, we never get our happy ending. Steve replies, I'm sure somewhere out there we do. Yes, in our 616 universe they do. Steve touches the time stone and all the heroes are transported back to their reality. Peggy is left all alone. She is sad so she goes to a pub and drinks. It's pretty standard. She hears a whoosh sound and thinks it's the Watcher who's come to gloat. He warned her she would get stuck in this reality forever. But it's Strange Supreme. He's here because he thought Peggy could use a friend. Peggy checks with Strange. What are you doing here? Strange responds. Oh Peg, have I got a story to tell you. The text appears. To be continued. So I too shall continue this story in the next episode. Until then, you can listen to the awesome pod mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts and Good Pods. If you like what I'm doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash awesome pod mix. Thanks for listening.